welcome to another episode of Wernley Podbloom are winning. Paul and John tonight, and we will talk Lionel Messi, Champions League, some transfers. We'll also talk a little bit of semi-finals for the A-League, and all things football. We are We Only Pod when we're winning. Chances so far in this final have been at a premium. Barely seen anything of Gnabry or Lewandowski. Starting to see a bit of this guy, though. Kylian Mbappe into the path of Neymar! Great save, first time by Neuer. Save. And then he got his body in the road to prevent the return ball for Di Maria. Terrific work by Manuel Neuer. Here's Alfonso Davis. Lewandowski on the turn! Oh. Off the frame of the goal with Kaylor Navas beaten. Kaylor Navas, point blank range. Kimmich. This looks more promising for Bayern. Joshua Kimmich. Oh. And the chance, oh. and the goal for Kingsley Coleman. Bayern make the breakthrough just before the hour mark. And it is Kingsley Coleman who justifies his selection tonight by Hansi Flick. John, another podcast, uh, just you and I, left alone again. Well, mate, I'm starting to feel like Jessica Watson in a round-the-world yacht race. And I used Except to... We used to have a boat full, and now it's just me and you left. Which one of us is Wilson? Jessica Watson, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'll be Jessica Watson. You can be Wilson. Done. Too easy, mate. I've got the head for it. So uh, we're 59 minutes into uh, Melbourne City taking on uh, Western United. I probably got the name wrong there. And then Sydney FC take on Perth Glory tonight. So yeah. we're, we're an hour in. What I love about this, uh, these A-League semi-finals that a lot of people aren't aware are on, is that Melbourne City's keeper, and it's taken me all season to get this, his name is Thomas Glover. That's just a great <laughs> name for a keeper. He had no choice, did he? You've got to take what you can from these situations, don't you? I mean, I know that you were pretty excited. You would have been pretty excited to see um, Western United make it past your beloved uh, Queensland Raw, dare I say, the other night. So um, we're looking for positives, yeah? Um, yes, yeah, uh, okay, we'll leave it at that. We've, we've got a two unwanted clubs playing in this semi-final and then Sydney FC taking on Glory and uh, it, it would be really funny to see Western United take on Perth Glory and have a Western theme there. But, I uh, just we'll leave that, it at that. You know, the names is just like, like who who is going to... I mean, I know obviously some people have, but like if you go, it's like, oh my God, I think I'm going to go for Western United, Western Sydney Wanderers. You know, what, what, where, who? And then we're going to have a team exactly. over. Is the next team going to be in Western Australia going to be called West Coast? Like, everyone's going to be out west. Someone should take the east. Yeah, the east is there to be taken. Well, I suppose uh, Sydney FC, to many supporters, are known as the, uh, the Easties there to a certain extent, mate. But uh, look, we'll, um, we'll give some score updates as they come through. Got it on mm-hmm. in the background there. Uh, but the huge news of the day, I'm not sure if it's a surprise for many, but pretty much was for me, was uh, Lionel Messi. Um, declaring that he wants to leave, and Barcelona have put it out there that Messi's uh, on the table to go. You know, I think that is really exciting for me, and it's a shame that Sean's not on the podcast tonight because this is something that we've talked about so many times. I hope he doesn't go to Juventus or to um, Man City. You know what I mean? I'd like to see him go. Well, okay, maybe Man City haven't won a Champions League. I'd like to see him go somewhere that is not like, wow, he's surrounded by incredible talent. All he's got to do is just pop it in the goal. I mean, I'd like to see him go somewhere else. We've talked before about about how do you, you know, rate players over over a period of time. And, and, okay, the the ESPN narrative, and I'm I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about, is this all-time race between Ronaldo and Leo Messi as the greatest player of all time. And I don't care for it. You, you just kind of uh, that narrative forgets people like Pelé, it forgets Maradona, Cruyff, um, you know Beckenbauer. It just it forgets all these people, and I think we've said it a number of times. And all of us in all sports are victims of recency bias. Um, yeah, and we're especially and hope- yeah, especially victims of Disneyland-owned um, sports channels that only flog one story over and over and over again. And I suppose we're doing that to a certain extent as well. But, you know, I, I 
there's also been a little bit of talk for the last couple of years that he's um, had advanced talks with Inter, um, who obviously one-time giants uh, of European football as well. So I don't think they'll end up having the money for him. I I think it's... Um, look, people are saying it's just for him to try and increase his value at Barca. He's on the biggest contract and get-out clause of all time. He's, isn't there a point, though, Yeah, like, and, you know, I get all that, but isn't there a point if you... It, he knows that he's not considered. He's not. He's never going to sit at that top table until he does something other than play awesome for the most well-heeled club side in the planet. You know, I've, well, he's got to know that. Yeah. He, well, the thing is, um, he's not going to do himself any favours to an extent because he's going to end up at Man City. They're going to probably be the only club that's going to be able to do both the weekly demands plus the. Um, uh, obviously, is a massive get-out clause. So my understanding is that he had the ability to leave Barca on a free transfer if he did it pre-June. Really? Um, that that's what, everything that I've read today. And oh. he and his management have looked at a get-out clause because of COVID. So uh, he's obviously wants out. I, I can't see. You know, people, some people say, no, oh, it's just Barca and, and Messi just trying to... I don't know what they would be trying to get out of it other than Messi's leaving. I think for I think for everyone involved, you know, after some amount of time, the same voice becomes whatever. No one's really... We talked about it a couple of weeks ago about that roundabout of the top teams. Oh, yep. Whether you're a manager or a player, you go from here, there, you get all these chances. I'm going to be honest with you, and we, we haven't talked about the great Diego for a while, but to my mind, why he's the greatest player of all time is that he went to a club like Napoli when the Serie A was the number one competition in the world, and he picked up a pack of no-ones who'd never won squat, and he put them on his shoulders, and he made them relevant. They made him relevant. They actually won that Scudetto, and that was after he'd been at Barcelona. He went there, and... and and there's all kinds of challenges going on in the guy's life. He did that, and then he went and won the World Cup. Uh, Messi's done... I'm going to have to put a hold two. on this for you, mate. I'm going to have to put a hold on this for one moment because the child of Manchester City have just mm-hmm. received a penalty. McLaren's gone down in the box. Obviously, we're talking about um, players going round in circles. Obviously, the A-League is pretty much a recycle league. But McLaren's gone down in the box. Mm-hmm. Looks like a pretty clear penalty, to be honest. So... He'll be lining up. It's a VAR check. All right. I'm just having a quick look. Do you at want to call here, mate? Just going to get. Oh, it's definitely a penalty. He stood. He stood on McLaren's uh, ankle. On yep. his left ankle. It's definitely a penalty. Oh, who gave away the penalty? Going to be out. Not uh, West United gave it away. I'm not sure which player, but it's definitely stood on the back of McLaren's leg. I can't even believe they're arguing it. Mm. They're looking at the decision upheld. Yep, had to be. Had to be because he's, mate, he's in the box. His foot's been stood on anywhere else in the pitch and it's a foul. So, don't know who will line up. You'd, you'd think McLaren might take the ball and have a shot here. But we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. But Messi, he's going to go to City. I can't see anywhere else he's going to be able to go. But weren't they just under the financial fair play kind of umbrella? Yeah, that's the, and that, that was resolved on appeal, yeah? So... Um... Maybe he'll go there. Look, if he goes there, I'd say, so what? I think it's exciting for the Premier League, mate. I, I, I honestly, um, if I was going to games um, in England and you, you're following clubs that's just thereabouts, it is one of those rare players that you can say, I got to see Messi. That's a good you know, point. So you... a good point, but gee, wouldn't it be nice to see him go somewhere else like Sheffield United <laughs> and see what he can do with them? I, I'd love to, um, you know... Honestly, it'd be nice to have him turn up in the Premiership. Uh, he's got a lot to prove. He's replacing a, um, an Argentinian who's over one of the greatest players in Premier League history. Oh, absolutely. And look, I think I think the style of play is going to be really interesting because he does mm. slow the ball down at times. And then he, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how he fits in and getting used to the amount of fouls he's going to cop. <laughs> he's going to cop a lot of fouls if he does come across the uh, the Premier League, mate. But uh, to me, it's the biggest story in, the, in a long, long time in football. Clarence lining up. And he's just snuck a pass to the keeper to the uh, to the right of the keeper who guessed the right way, but didn't get there. So 68 minutes. And uh, I was about to say Manchester City, but <laughs> Melbourne City's gone up 1-0 against Western United uh, in front of a few hundred people there. There is some people in the crowd. So... 
they're on their way at the moment, and um, or could we see two Sky Blue teams in the final? You never know. I do like, West- but anyway, I, there, mate. I do like Western United's jersey. I've got to be honest. Oh, I, I see where you're going because it's something so different, but I couldn't imagine wearing it, mate. I, I, and it's and nothing against any Melbourne teams, but I, I don't know how keen I'd be to wear that jersey, mate. But anyway, <laughs> we 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 will have an episode on jerseys down the track because we love our jerseys. Sure. So. Can you think of a bigger story in the last few years than Messi potentially going to anywhere but Barca? Anywhere he goes, the last big one would have been like where would Ronaldo end up or, or Neymar or someone like that. But Messi's obviously, you know, if you're asking me to rank them, oh gosh. Um, well, I guess the fact that Messi spent his whole life at Barca, was he a, uh, was he a Boca or a River Plate junior? Um, I don't know. Because he went. I don't know. And I was should know, didn't he? Yes, he did. And so, he's been there ever since. So where did he come from? We'll have to have a, we'll have to have a look at that. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty bad of us not to know that, mate. But I'd be surprised if it was Rassing or H Studiantes or something like that. I think it's either Boca or River Plate. Oh, it had, it had, to, be, it had to be one of those. But uh, yeah, so look, honestly, he, he's definitely gone, which is, as we've said, going to be pretty interesting. Um, now, the other thing to look at that is a Champions League final one um, nil, which kind of went against the grain of what's happened um, since the resumption from COVID. But what did, did you get to see the uh, Champions League final? Yes, and uh, all the people making noises about it was not a great game, this or that. It wasn't the best performance by by Munich. I was very happy with the result. I thought it was uh, well deserved over the the course of the year. I thought it was well deserved on the night, um, and I just like the fact that a proper football club like Bayern Munich won that title. You know, they don't spend the same amount of money as the other genuine giants. I, I'm pretty certain I could be called out on that, but they don't. They they buy players and they make something better from them. I mean, they won't be in the messy sweepstakes, will they? Uh, no, but, you know, certainly I, mean, won't. I could certainly find a way to use him. They don't go after guys like that. They make their own dudes. And, um, yeah, I was quite happy with that result. Good to see a... You know, it was the loveliest thing was to see a, a dude who grew up supporting PSG burying that chance to knock him out. And a nice chance taken as well. Yeah. Never, never looked in doubt. Never looked in doubt. The amount of money, um, paid, just... the amount of money they've paid on that team, PSG, uh, you wonder if they'll get back in a, in a normal format. I, I'm not sure. I'm not a big fan of, well, of, of, of PSG. I, and you know I've never been a huge fan of league, um. Uh, for all kinds of reasons, but uh, I just don't. I'm, I couldn't care less about them. Well, well, they are one of the teams actually. They just get trumped up. So much money's been put through, I and mean, they're just going to spend more until they win it. I don't know. Well, they are one of the teams. Very much, we 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 did neglect to say they're actually one of the teams way in the market for Messi as well. Um, definitely can afford him, so that will be uh, interesting to see. And. Um, if that, that you're going to hate him even more if, if Messi goes there. Yeah, I hope to see him in the Premier League. Now, the surprising one for you, mate, that you're going to enjoy here is that uh, Messi actually came from Newell's old boys. Newell's, so okay. He for, yeah. yeah, so he was there from the age of about seven or eight until 13 when he went to Barcelona. So um, that's actually really refreshing to actually see. So born in Rosario and went to Newell's old boys. And um, just to put it in context, He's played 485 games for Barcelona and scored 444 goals. Mate, he's a phenomenal talent. He's, 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 one of, he's obviously one of the greatest players of all time, but when we talk about the greatest, I think a change of venue is going to do him well in that discussion. Certainly, uh, it helped Ronaldo. I mean, I think Ronaldo's now considered an even better player than you know when he was banging a minute uh, at Real. I think he's definitely considered because he's... At least he's been to three different places and and been a, 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 a you know a high watermark on on success at all those places, and also he's brought success to his international team. And let's be realistic, Portugal never won anything before he turned up. No, one hundred percent, and that really adds to his um, cachet. And what an athlete! Oh my god, like when you see in slow motion some of the headers he scored, that hang time. He could be an NBA player. He could play, take a few screamers in the AFL, take a line yeah. out in rugby. Um, He's I awesome. I can't have that hang time. Can you remember? I can't remember who made the club, but I remember, you know, when you become aware of a player coming on the scene many years ago, and it might have been Les Murray who said the quote, offered the quote up because it was a long time since he started. 
and somebody was retiring. I don't know whether it was Battistuta or someone like that. And they said, oh, how's I just going to ever replace you? And Battistuta, it might have been Battistuta, who now amazingly lives in Australia, who said, don't worry about me. There's a dude coming along who I'm not even fit to lace his boots up. And that was the first time I'd it heard was- of him. And that is what an absolutely brilliant quote. And what a, uh, I suppose what a, um, you couldn't get a better tribute, could you? From a sensational footballer in his own right. Gabriel All-time favourites. I've got one of his jerseys here and I treasure it from his time at Roma. And, um, you know, he, he's lived up to all that hype. Don't get me wrong. It's just like, to me, the Maradona is the gold standard for just doing stuff at places where, it wasn't easy to do it. Um, and I think the international, you know, I and mean, I suppose we have to look at, you know, that international um, legacy that he hasn't got yet. He needs to put a mark in the next few years with the Argentinian team to be considered one of the all-time greats in, in, in many people's minds. I mean, he's going to be one of the all-time greats, but we're talking about being the greatest. Um, I don't even think there is a greatest. I don't know how you can actually say the greatest, but... Um, oh, we've, I we've think... Been, I think I think you can easily mount an argument. The top three, uh, the top two, and then name number one for me. The top three of all time, as far as everything I've done, read. So, and I never saw Pele play. So, okay, if I put him in, I can't really comment. Okay, so for me, the the top three would would go um, uh, Maradona and Pele, and probably uh, either Johan Cruyff or Beckenbauer. One of those two. Now we really didn't oh, see think, those other yeah. guys play that much, so. Maradona's the guy still playing. He stands head and shoulders above everybody else. And I think it's a legacy you leave on the game. Like, you know, Cruyff changed a lot of things about uh, the way football was played. And obviously, it's easy to see the Cruyff turn. But when someone changes the way a game's played, I think that's a massive legacy. And, and yeah, I, I think, you know, you could easily say top five or six. And we never got to see Eusebio. But from everyone who knows football, they put him right up there. Um, with anyone. So, you know, we've been darn blessed, haven't we? Have so George Hodge was one of the, 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 of the players I've seen and watched yeah, and, yeah. And, and who I've seen at different stages. I'd have a guy like Hodge. I have a, a Marco Van Basten right up there. I have Andre uh, Pirlo somewhere near the top, the very top table. Pirlo, I loved him. Um, I like that I kind of... The just, I have him on the tier just below those guys. I mean, sensational footballer. And look, I'm not basing it on any, on anything other than my eye test, um, which yeah. these days, as I get older, is probably getting a bit harder. So, yeah, that Champions League final, PSG had their chances. They really could have been a couple up as well. Mm. Um, didn't, didn't take their chances early on. Um, Bayern had to play a completely different game to what they're, you know, they've been used to dominating teams. Um, I don't think I've seen a better keeping performance in, in years than uh, and, uh, Neuer's. Um, just his ability to stretch out the legs. He's a great a, player. A couple, oh, my God. A couple of the saves he did, I don't even know. I, I felt for his manhood, the way he was stretched out and saved with the, the trailing leg on, uh, on two occasions. So, but to me, he was the best player on the, on, on, on the pitch for either side, to be honest. Well, this is a trophy, didn't he? Absolutely did lift the trophy. So yeah. he was just unbelievable. He was uh, clearly the best player on the pitch. And that says a lot for the game, really. When you watch, you know, Bayern Munich come out after the game and you see the club compared to uh, a football team that's been paid for, right? And so you see the greats of the club walk out and we can you name more. You know, we've seen more play. You go, oh, okay, I can name most of them because they're all top-level German internationals. Whether it was Rummenigger or it's... Oliver Kahn and all those kind of guys, and you go look at that that club. It's a it's a football club, and it's yeah, like it's Liverpool, family, isn't it? There's it's no doubt Liverpool. They're a great football club, and that's that's what they do. And um, you, you just can't take the, you can't buy it, and you can't buy pedigree at the top level. And I think that's why you keep getting this. You do get the same teams bob up and winning those Champions Leagues and things like that. I mean. And you can say yeah. the same about you can say the same about United. You know, a lot of yeah. past players are still um, very much involved, either emotionally or or actually physically with the club. And and that you know, we're not fans of Man United, but you have to put them in that same kind of. Oh, absolutely. Mate. And yeah, I'm not saying it's a club, but I'm saying that at that at that at that actual 
highest level, which is a point that neither of our well, your club has won it, mine hasn't, um, is to say that that's a great club that actually li- actually lives inside of a budget. It lives within its means. Yeah. It funnels all of its yeah. resources into one producing great players, and then finding dudes who can complement that who aren't necessarily the best player in the world at the time, bring them in. Um, and they, you know, that they, they, they complement what they do. They don't just go and buy, buy, buy. I think I'm going to buy that dude. I'll buy that guy, you know? And I think it's just a, yeah. a, just a different mindset. And I think Manchester United were at their best when they had their academy and they're bringing their own guys through. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you know, we, we all know about the, the class of what was the class of 92 and, 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 and so forth. But, the, the, the other thing is we're talking about pathways and golden, you know, you can talk about golden generations. And I was thinking about this, and, and I'm sorry to anyone listening, um, but I was thinking about this in the shower, which is probably a bad visual for everyone uh, this morning, actually. I was thinking about our golden generations and when we had the Badukas and the Kills and uh, the Bresciano's and so forth, all in the one team. And you just go, wow, that Australian team actually could have, you know, done a lot more than they did. Um, but we've actually got yeah, a golden yeah. generation. Look at them and Grozzy cut back, they would have. Right. Yeah, potentially. Um, but then you've got um, – we, we, we are living in the golden generation of the, the female footballers, and, you know, the Matildas and, you know, Sean, yourself and I always talk about that. But, you know, where are the next men coming from? You know, I know we've got the A-League and there's the NPLs and everything, but you're just not seeing those young players that for decades were coming through from the Australian ranks um, in terms of the men's game, but we're still seeing that production line in the women's game. So what's going wrong there? What's the difference? You have to be patient. You know what? There's only 24 million people live in Australia, and of that percentage, there's a massive fight in Australia for the absolute best sporting talent between at least six different sports and then put in the Olympic sports and stuff like that. And, you know, you're miles away. You have to be patient. Those guys will come through. I'm a big believer in that. It's cyclical for Australia. It's Okay, everyone goes, oh, Croatia is a small country. Well, it's the only sport they play is, okay, I know they play basketball too, so I shouldn't say that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, we've said it before, four football codes. You've got your basketball. You've got, you know, you've got the A-League, obviously, but... um, yeah, you've got cricket, you've got swimming, you've got, you've got, um, like I said, cricket, you've got swimming, you've got cycling, which is a big deal now. Uh, you've got all those things and competing for the absolute best talent. You've even, even got Ninja Warriors, for God's sake. But now, I'm telling you what, that's, uh, that, 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 that sport is really coming along. I can't believe I actually enjoy it. I actually uh, regret the fact that they don't, didn't have the Ninja Warriors back in my day, mate. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, you might be able to watch it, Paulie. But uh, you, do you remember building obstacle courses in your backyard with your mates? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. None of them would have passed uh, occupational health and safety standards, but um, mm. the, how good were they? So I suppose mm. we did do it. So you talk about that golden generation. That's, that's really my thoughts. You have to be patient. You, you'll know when the players are coming through. I, I do believe that we have to allow um, uh, people to I, – I don't think the, the, the A-League's a bill and all to having a great – football team. It wasn't in the past and I don't think it's going to be going forward. I think we've got to allow people to go and play in Europe. I think we've got to give them some exposure in... I'd love to see someone go do something totally different and go and play in South America. You know, oh, a young that guy. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Uh, yeah, anyway, I, I like that a lot. But um, that's, I think that's an absolutely brilliant point you've made and one that I've probably overlooked many times about the cyclical nature. And I think, you know, I keep talking about recency bias, but maybe that's my fault as well. But I just would love to see a few more Australians in the, you know, we've had the uh, Rogics and so forth that I thought were going to take the mantle there. Um, he's almost struggling at club level now. So, uh, you know, those kind of things are a bit of a worry. But then you have late bloomers and we've had a couple of players end up in the EPL that were almost journeymen in the um, in the A-League for a while. So, yeah, I'll go with you. I'll have some and, more optimism. And if you're serious about it, you go back to all the teams between 74 and the qualification in 2006. If they had been doing the qualification path that we have now, um, at least 70% of those teams would have qualified for the World Cup. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, I mean, 
Really having good. the one-off big game was having the one-off big games, or you know they weren't one-off; they were home in a way. But having that one-off opportunity against seasoned teams was never going to do us any good. So no. it's uh, you know I love the Asian pathway now. Um, yeah. Gives us gives us good competition. I mean, we're playing some quality teams here as well. So for the most fun moments I've had following football have been like those, you know, the ones we scraped through. We just qualified, or we had a, you know, a tight game in Uzbekistan. And you go, and the team's not what it was, but you know, they find a way and they fought it out and stuff like that. I think it's okay. I think it's okay for Australian football fans to not think we've got to, got to give them right to win the World Cup. I think sometimes we've got to calm down a bit. We've got to chill and go. You know, realistically, our best shot at was 2006, and that. If the cards fell right, and they pretty much did all the way until they didn't go after it. And we're, we're going to talk about this in a podcast coming up, so that's a bit of a spoiler for anyone out there, talking about that first World Cup in, 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 in 2006 and how if the cards had fallen right for them, if maybe they had have attacked at the back end of the second half against Italy when they were down at 10 minutes, they could have gone on and had a pretty soft semi-final, the same draw that Italy got, and got to the final. You know, got to stop you there for one minute, mate. Got a goal. Game's over. It's uh, two nil to uh, Man City. A beautiful uh, diving header. Just can't see who scored it there. Uh, No social distancing happening here. Was it Ricardo? Not sure who scored it. Yes, Uh, yes, it is. So two nil uh, from a corner. Pretty poor defence, but a really nice header as well. And I mean, I suppose you can't have great defence if someone's put forward a uh, nice header. Keeper stood uh, no chance. So this game's pretty much over. So Man, uh, Man City. Yeah. Oh, that's City why I said it's a Danny Tiago who scored. Yes. No, well, it has to be, mate. But no, this guy's got hair. Um, <laughs> I miss Danny Tiago. to Western United. I know we're having a bit of a, a bit dark on him before, but Mark Rudin's a great Australian football guy. Um and it's good to see him having some success as a coach. I like him as a player. I like him as a commentator. And he's obviously done an amazing job over there to get them to where they've gotten this year in one year. Oh, 100%. The fallout from Barcelona's brutal Champions League exit has continued, with Lionel Messi asking to leave the Spanish club this summer. Adding complication to the matter is Messi's request to leave via a clause in his contract, allowing him a free transfer. While Barcelona believe that that clause has expired, with a 700 million euro buyout now in its place. But uh, it's been a weird year. Um, they can only attack now with a few minutes to go. Obviously, they have no choice. So whether they lose three or four nil makes no difference right now. They just have to push everyone forward. Um, who scored that one? Oh, they've given it an own goal. Okay, it looked like I, I thought it was a city header for all money, but they've given it an own goal there. So. There you go. They have scored one. Um, so, yeah, game later tonight, Sydney FC and Perth Glory. It, this is where winning the um, – basically winning the league. I mean, they play Perth Glory. They lose to Perth Glory tonight. And people won't care that they were runaway winners of the league. Mm. I mean, football people can say, yes, it was, you know, that you know they've won that yeah, – at the end of the season, they've finished top. They've won the right to host finals. That's the Australian way. You've said it on a number of occasions. The Australian way is finals. And so finishing top, unless there's going to be massive financial incentives, does anyone actually care if Sydney FC get knocked out that they were uh, runaway leaders throughout the season? No, because the when the Brisbane Lions won three premierships in a row, they never won the minor premiership. 100%. Who remembers that's that? Australian, yeah, that's the Australian way. We we, go, we we play this based on finals. If finals weren't important to us, um, and then you know we'd be a different kind of country. And that comes from having all the different sporting codes, as we've discussed before. But this has been one of the most dominant seasons um, in A League history. Theoretically, though, they could get knocked out tonight. So it's just the nature of the beast. But isn't that the That's the beauty of final system, and and the beauty of winning the title is in. In everywhere else on the planet except for here and maybe the USA is the bit of winning that is that it's done over home and away or it's obviously the best team and we get it we're football people right but we can't just cleave off the game we can't put it in a silo and say we want it to grow so do it this way you know it's like it's part of Australia 
Hey, the, the best games of football I've seen in Australia have been the games, the grand finals. They've been sensational. And uh, look, and that's the same as the promotion relegation um, argument that, you know, really has a lot of merit. But financially, we couldn't afford promotion relegation. You know, if you're, if you're an A-League club already doing it quite tough and you get relegated, that theoretically could mean you're not coming back. I mean, I don't mean coming back into the uh, top tier. I mean coming yeah, back. Ever. So yeah, ever. Yeah, but both ways, you can't say, oh, we're never going to play finals. We're not going to have relegation. Oh, what a boring comp. I mean, who go to any games? I think there's got to be some financial incentives for where you finish as well. Uh, or, you know, it, there's something that's got to happen because there's no transfers, uh, uh, no transfers with money between A-League teams, is there? Uh, no, I don't believe so. And there's also the salary Sorry. cap. It's the it's the only one of the few leagues in the world that's got an actual proper salary cap. So you've got a salary cap, you've got finals, promotion, relegation. It just can't work. Um, they've split the defence again. Oh, no, just didn't take the pass. That would have been absolutely game over. So in The, the NSL, Paul, Paul, sorry, sorry to interrupt. The, the, the NSL had re- relegation. Yes, they did. Yes, You would go. But, and and, the, and there was teams would come, but there wasn't all the stuff about stands and safety and things like that. And so I remember the Brisbane Lions getting punted, you know. Absolutely. And, all that, so it's what happened. But the club structure at the heartland could 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 do uh, the promotion relegation because that's what was happening at state levels and still does happen at state levels. Mm. So at that point, the NSL was set up for promotion and relegation, whereas the A League is is set up as a franchise style model. So you know, I can't see, and people can argue and say I'm a non football person, but I mean that's not true. I just can't see in this country how promotion relegation can ever can ever work. Unless I think one thing, we'll get it clear. Sorry? No, mate, go for it. Go for it. Oh, let's get it clear to people. If anybody wants to, you know, have that had discussion about, you know, I one thing I can't stand in Australia is people who sit there in chairs and say, oh, our our league or our game. Because what is it? You know, what is it? what do you mean when you say our game? It's like that's just saying no one else can have an opinion. Well, that's just bollocks, right? Uh, you can't tell anybody that they don't. Football is the world game, and everyone in Australia's got a stake in it. We just do it differently, and that that's okay. We it's never going to be the number one sport. We love it; it's our favourite sport. But that doesn't mean a jot to everyone else. You know, I'm going to sit around here and go, "Oh, our league, the A League." It's like, oh, come on, who cares? I like all the other codes. I was about to say, just the same as you, most of our friends, most of the people we know, could be the same people on a weekend. They could go to an A-League game, an NRL game, and an AFL game and love all of them. And we know people who do that. I'm one of those who will go down to Melbourne and see all the codes in one weekend if I can. And, uh, well, obviously not at the moment. And and I know you're the same. And I know Sean's the same. All and I'm, friends... even, I'm even more stupid because I'll actually go and pay money to go and watch a rugby union game. Nothing wrong with that, mate. I, uh, in the prime of the Reds, um, I was never um, never the biggest rugby boy, but I went and saw the Reds with um, their entertainment uh, years ago. That was one of the best best forms of football you could see in Australia when the Reds were on fire uh, back in the day. When it's you know, played it's right, football. it's awesome. And when it's played wrong and refereed wrong, it's awful. It's like most I mean, sports. It is, it is. But, I mean, <laughs> in rugby, and we're not a rugby uh, rugby podcast, is that in rugby, you've got, completely almost completely different rules in the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere and the way it's played i've never known mm. sports so differently interpreted um between you know i don't know if i'm right there i mean you know more than i do but it mm. seems like it's almost a different game between the northern and southern hemispheres maybe the difference between the way they turn out golf courses in north america and europe yeah fair call fair call you know like uh, that, that 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 the way they've got it laid out now with the dudes driving 4,000 metres and with a little chip onto the green for a bird. I'd rather see them playing in, in Europe on a Lynx course. But that is, enough, as they say, for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely for another day. Uh, any uh, any transfers have stood out for you? It hasn't been, besides obviously... Yeah, Andy the, um... eight years ago by Mike Ashley at the end of the... At the end of the, uh, you know. Uh, I, look, I've been watching some of the stuff that's happening with my own club. And it's really low-level stuff, and there's still that underlying feeling of what might have been. Yeah. Uh, and I don't feel much. I think that 
you know, Steve Bruce is doing a great job. I was pleased that we got to keep young Longstaff at the club. He's a club junior. Believe it or not, oh, pardon me. Believe it or not, Newcastle is actually a place that produces football players. And it's good oh, to actually stay at the club, you know. And um, yeah. when Newcastle's going good, and their academy's going good, England's actually better. So it's a good thing for the rest yeah. of the country. Well, you've also heard, um, going back to message, which I keep recycling this as well, um, Chelsea's also entered the market. I, I apologise for leaving them out earlier. Um, someone I'm interested in seeing, potentially, I really love this signing. Um, James Rodriguez looks like there's a fair bit of interest between him and Everton. And he's someone yeah. who, he's someone who I think is a sensational footballer, but uh, his last couple of transfers just really haven't worked out for him. But you could see him coming to the EPL and just being one of those revel, uh, real revelations, I reckon. So I'd love to see I'd, him, actually. I'd be quite excited to see him. If he were to Newcastle, we would go bonkers because James is fantastic. And, you know, I, I'm pleased to see... You know, go to a club like Everton because it's not like they don't have a tradition, they don't have a great supporter base. And if you do something there, you're going to be remembered forever. Yeah, and that's probably um, and what's really attracting really, him there. Yeah, that's a really good call. I'd, I'd love to see James in the Premier League and I think he's a fabulous player. Some more of those kind of signings. Hasn't he bounced around those top clubs and not much has happened? And we know how good he is. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you can tell how good he is. There hasn't been a lot of... I think it's going to come really late and fast. <laughs> that probably... What's the way of the world? That's the, the, that's the way of the world, though, at the moment, isn't it? So, you know, who's paying money? Um, I, I actually think there's a, a lot less... Obviously, there's a lot less money floating around because uh, TV deals aren't what they were. Um, players sat on their cash, and unlike a lot of other sports refuse to take pay cuts and yep. so that makes a yep. big difference I think a lot of the owners around especially in the Premier League well a lot of them are American and uh, uh, it's different business in the States now isn't it so 100% well, who are you going to pay for like who, who are you going to say I tell you what you know what I'm going to do I need to pay you a gazillion bucks like take a, an example like um, Ozil at Arsenal yep. do you not reckon they're just waiting for him to leave and stop paying him the money they're paying him so why would they go and buy someone else while he's still there? And I get it. I, I, I honestly get it to some extent why if you're getting paid so much money or you think you're owed the money, I get why you'd stay. But at some point, and I'm not um, defending clubs, at some point a player's got to say, you know what, I actually just want to play football. I, I'm, I know I'm, I could get all this money, but I need to... Um, I need to go and actually play football. And I'd love to see him at another club because he's got all the talent in the world and he's just going to... I think he'll look back and go, what the hell have I done? I hope he does look back and go, what the hell have I done? Because if he doesn't, he's never played football in the first place. Can you think of a guy who's done... Well, there's always going to be guys like this, but done less to move there to to look after their long-term reputation as a football player than, than him at Arsenal? Well, it's hard to think of one. Um. Probably on a lesser extent, we loved we loved Sunderland until I die, but there was a certain player there. Oh, so we're bringing him back up for about the fifth time. But it was a very similar, very similar concept. He was getting paid the big bucks, and as he dropped down the legs, he didn't want to move. We never mentioned that guy, Sunderland, do but he comes up all, about every third episode. <laughs> he, he, he'd be he'd be stoked. It'd be more talk than he's had in years. So, um, Shawnee is not here tonight, but he'd be pretty excited, and I know he is excited. Rodrigo from Valencia to Leeds. Undisclosed fee, so I I haven't seen a lot of him, but um, fair fair talk that he's a really good player as well. So that'll be exciting. But it hasn't been hasn't been a hell of a lot of moves, you know. No, I, I know my team's sorry, mate. I was about to say my team's been getting really uh, players from lower levels. So obviously we're giving young guys a chance, but it's nothing that's jumping out and exciting me from a Villa perspective. Any word on, getting on young sort of, Jack? Any word on young Jack? What's he doing? Jack's going to stay at Villa, um, and um, the England squad was announced in the last 24 hours, and Jack Grealish was left out um, and should potentially look at his Irish roots, I reckon, because um, if Jack can't get a game in the England or can't get a spot in the England squad, I'm not saying team, he wasn't even chosen for the squad, then his days as, uh, as an England footballer are just not going to happen. He'd have to wait for, but he'd have to wait for four years. He's already played for England. 
yeah, so he's, you know, he would have to wait four years, but his England career looks like he was told um, that he needed to go and play more Premier League football. He played a season in the Premier League, basically uh, almost single-handed or single-footedly kept us up. And uh, so he did everything that the manager asked in the game. So he'd have to yeah. think almost his England chances are sometimes, dissipating. Sometimes you just have to be patient. You love that tonight, don't you? you? You've been telling your kids that for years, haven't you? Well, I have because, you know, you know, not all the time, even if you say you're a great player, well, he's got all the talent in the world, but well, like, why should England go and kneel down before him? You know, sometimes you just have to wait and the time's got to be right. Like, you know what? If I'm him, I'm probably thinking, you know, at the moment, who cares that much? You know, the World Cup will probably go ahead behind closed doors next year in Dubai or in um, what's that country it's going to be in? I'm not saying the name, mate. You bring that. You bring yeah. the country up every the, week. The place where it's going to be um, with crowds that'll probably be the same size as what they were going to be there before COVID. Okay, yeah. and he will play the World Cup there. I wouldn't be too concerned because you can come into that squad with you know at the halfway through the end of you know the, towards the end of next year and 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 be there. I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, the goal is the World Cup. I would just be patient. And, and I wouldn't go making any comments to the press about it. I just say I'm going to work hard. What happened to I'm going to put my head down, I'm going to work harder, and I'm going to, I want to be there in that World Cup team, but I'm going to actually play my butt off for Villa. No, because, mate, I think the um, we are showing our age now. I think it's a generational thing. I want it, and I want it now. And if I don't get it, then I'm going to jump on social media or my manager's going to jump on social media and say why I should have been chosen. So those days of put my head down, bum up, um, commentary, they seem to have gone. Mate, look at a guy like, uh, you're talking about, uh, talking about Australia, look at Tony Vidmar and how many games it took him in the Australian team to even qualify. I mean, he was so exhausted when they finally did qualify that he actually retired after they didn't play the World Cup. Well, so, he, didn't have the exotic, he didn't have the exotic name like his brother, did he, Aurelio? Come on. He needed great player. To, he needed to, needed to get rid of the Tony name, needed to change it. I reckon he would have got in earlier. That's what I liked about oh. him. I liked the fact his name was Tony. Hey, Tony. Oh, Tony in a team? No, no, no. Aurelio, come on. It's a much better name. It's going to get people excited. Let's get that, let's get that name in. Uh, Tony. On the, uh, on, the, on, the, on the topic of the A-League, uh, why not have a second? I don't get why they didn't put a second team at Adelaide, just like they used to have in the – in the NSL rather than going for a one millionth team in Melbourne and Sydney. Well, the big, uh, big news in the last 24 hours again is that um, Canberra have a very, very solid bid. Um, obviously having a W league team for the last few years, they're, they're well set up in terms of infrastructure and um, club people and so forth to work for them. But Canberra probably looks the likely um, next A league team if there is expansion and it does still rankle me that it's such um, I know that Canberra is not Sydney but it still seems a very New South Wales Victorian centric competition obviously the money dictates that but it's pretty disappointing Adelaide City, one of my favourite clubs of all time in any competition um, their ground and everything's just not set up now but they could certainly um, uh, ground share uh, well, Why can't they play at a home match? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they could certainly ground share at Highmarsh. So that wouldn't be an issue at all. And you know that I was in South Australia a few years ago working and I used to go to every um, game that I could. And I'd go see Adelaide City. I'd go see all those traditional clubs. And their supporters are still fantastic. It is kind of sad, though, to actually go to some of those grounds and see what they were and what they are now. Yeah. that makes... I, I, I know I'm probably sounding very old. No, it's about the was, stars, and that was, you know, the, the Adelaide's a proper football town. Yep, 100%. As is Melbourne, as is, you know, parts of Sydney and so forth as well. And, I mean, the competition in Brisbane, a lot of people probably, if they're disillusioned with the A-League, go back and watch uh, the Strikers play. Go and watch Rochdale on a Wednesday oh. night. Um, yeah. Go and watch Morton Bay. Go watch Palm Beach because those games are fantastic. And I think the, NR- the, 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 the NRL can barely cope with 16 teams. Yeah. And, and, and they've got a lot yeah. more money to throw at it. And that's what, you know, when the, when the A-League originally came in quick, if I'm wrong, it was eight teams, was it? Eight teams? Yes, it was. Uh, and 
And that model was done specifically because they said it was two top heavy with clubs. It was two top heavy with clubs in Sydney and Melbourne. And they wanted to spread that out um, because of the money and stuff. And, and now it just seems to be going, look, let's be realistic. I mean, okay, I get the West, Greater Western Sydney. That, I, this is great. I like that club and I love their jersey. I, I don't really know that we need to go and get another one of nondescript, nothing sort of regional names like, what are we going to call Oh, the Wimmera teams come in. I mean, come yeah. on, let's get a grip. Yeah. It's bullshit. Oh, sorry, sorry, man. Well, you only have to look at, I mean, and I am putting my football team forward, you only have to look at the the club with the biggest membership and the biggest financial gains in the last few years of Richmond. And as of yesterday, they actually cut their VFL women's team. Um, I think up to 45 staff have been let go. Now, this yeah. is the biggest, This is these are the effects of COVID. And they've copped a lot of grief about this. I can't see that other clubs are not going to do the same over the next few years. Um, the NEFL has joined with the VFL. And I believe the Sandford could be wrong there. No, I'm, I'm wrong. And the NEFL has joined with the VFL. Didn't the NEFL get completely... I thought it got completely jettisoned. Well, it's joined, it's joined with the VFL. Mm. So, you know, it just goes to show we don't know what effects... Um, uh, COVID's going to have. I mean, no, because money's with... running out. Money's running out completely. It's running out everywhere. Like, it's it's going to be hard times. I think that I, I think it's a terrible time to be bringing a new team into the comp. Yeah, I think I think for any sport, um, you know, survival's on the cards right now. And I think the fact that we've had a really great NRL season, um, the AFLs been able to survive this season and the A-League is almost gone off the radar although we've got these fantastic semis tonight and so forth. It's just not at all in the forefront of anyone's minds who are outside of that bubble. No, maybe... Maybe even people are inside that bubble. Well, I've got to say I found it hard, hard, hard uh, slog watching the Royal play the other night. They were... They actually played really well uh, in their loss, um, but it was it, it was hard to get passionate about when you've got, basically not been able to see any of the season, really. I mean, yeah. the first half of the season, I went to a fair few games, um, but it just seemed to fall off the radar. And they, they had an opportunity to really jump in before the NRL and so forth and resume, and I yeah. think they didn't bite the bullet, and it cost them. Because the A-League could have been still playing, Without any other sport on, people would have watched it. Mm. But they took too long. In my mind, and I can't talk about people's safety and so forth, that's not my expertise, but in my mind, the NRL did an unbelievable job to get the game back on the field. And the A-League should have done the same. And they took too long, for whatever reason. Well, we criticised them about that back in time. And, I, you know, the resumption of the season has been bang, 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 bang. I think it's, there's been some pretty decent games and there's been some excitement. Um, the full investment in it, though, I mean, there's, everything's going, been going. Once the AFL did their thing, rugby league did what they're doing. You know, let's be—I'll be honest. We feel like if uh, if the fifth day of the Test cricket was coming through from England tonight, I'd probably watch that. Well, if I'd have been able to go to a final and seen the raw play, I would have gone. Hundred yeah. percent. You know, you know me. I would have definitely gone. I'm off to the AFL tomorrow night. Uh, been to Sunshine Coast to see the Storm play, so I'll go see all the sport. I'm, you know, mm. we we know the World Games are number one, but the A League for whatever reason couldn't get the crowd back in, and I re- that really cost them, and it's probably cost them some support, young supporters who have gone. Well, I've gone and seen some AFL that I wouldn't have seen before, and I've seen more rugby league, and maybe that's what I'll follow. Hope I'm wrong. I think it was a terrible that- thing, a terrible thing for the A League to have. Western, whatever they're called, knock out a team like the Raw because, like, like honestly, like, apart from people right in the know, like, who knows who that is? You wouldn't yeah. even know they're Victorian men because most people, and, and I reckon, around most neutrals would think it was Western Sydney Wanderers. Well, Western United, yeah, exactly right. I mean, it, what they're based in Geelong, um, and and all the people, you know, they could have gone more of a name. They could have called them Geelong. Or, or, or a Bayside-style name, because, you know, Geelong, obviously, down... Corio Cats or Corio, something like that, anything. Or even, hey, what name? What team in the world has the name Ocean in it? They could have, Bells you know, Beach. <laughs> they could have called it Bells Beach. They could have called themselves the 50-year storm, man. 
Just like you know, I love it. Just like with Bodie jumped out in uh, Point Break, man, at Bell's Beach, you ringing that bell. Yeah, that, that was actually, uh, I think, filmed. That section was actually filmed in New Zealand, I believe, and had New Zealand actors being Australians. I, I love uh, that. Peter Phelps did it, man. Sorry, sorry. Peter Phelps was the uh, dude who came back off the beach. It was Phelpsy. Oh, it was, but it didn't even look mm. like he was. It, well, you're not, right. You're hundred percent right. I mean, what's he going to do, man? Paddle in New Zealand? He's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Geez, we're going to have to do another one. Remember a few years ago, we did a podcast about our favourite kind of movies and sport movies. I think we got yeah. uh, Point Break in there somehow. I think oh, it was number of, one. We chucked it in there as a sports movie. Surfing. Mate, the, um, surfing's a fantastic sport. We'll, we'll go mm. on about another um, a couple of innovations up north. I don't know if you've seen it, but they've got wave pools going. Um, up in the far north of Queensland, way away from the beaches. And they're actually producing two to six foot waves that go right and left, basically using a bell kind of system that goes in the water, producing waves. I don't know how this has got anything to do with uh, football. But um, look, in the next uh, next couple of weeks, we're going to see a lot of transfers. We're going to see a lot of movements. We're going to cover those. Um, so we're on a bit of a um, hiatus in terms of games. We'll cover the A-League final. Um, which will be, I believe, this weekend. Sorry for people who don't know. We'll cover our favourite jerseys. We'll cover some of our favourite journeymen. And, uh, John, I think we might have to call it it for tonight. I think we do, but our big one, and for anybody who's out there, if anyone wants to give us feedback for our our listening audience, and we know that we're vast and wide. We've got a lot of listeners in, in um, Gambia, but um, we're going to have a discussion about the events of... 2005 and a 2006, and we yeah. want to high point the first game at Kaiserslautern with Japan. And if anybody's got any memories of that, and want to send them our way, let us know. And we're going to have, do a big focus on that with some people who were there, and it's going to be and really some, exciting. Some big names, yeah, some big names as well. So yeah. we'll definitely be doing a uh, special on Kaiserslautern, uh, one of the great moments in Australian sport of any sports. Um, we you can follow us on We Only Pod when we're winning on Facebook. We got Lambic Peach on Twitter. You got it. I better tweet yeah. something soon. <laughs> we got Paul underscore football as well, and uh, Hunslet is it Hunslet Nice for Hunslet White. Ah, of course, Hunslet White. How can I get that wrong when he's a lead supporter? But you mm. can follow us on those channels. We will respond. Um, when we can, we'd love to get your feedback. And if you have any um, kind of sections you want us to cover, um, 